Welcome to Webcology. Webcology is the show that takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Our guides will take you on a journey into web marketing and bring you the experts and the information so that you can further explore the web marketing world. Now, here are the hosts of Webcology, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everybody, welcome to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 1st of June, 2017. Summer season kicks off uh, sometime in the, in the last couple of weeks or the next two weeks. Um, and as listeners might know, when summer comes around, the tech industry grinds to a sweaty, sweltering hot uh, stop. <laughs> it just stops. <laughs> it gets too hot to do anything and, you know, people just... Their imaginations just you know, sort of sink into this warm bit of brain jelly. It's resting at the bottom of their stomachs, and nothing gets done. And so, um, luckily, it's just starting. We have stories this week, but I got to tell you, they're getting harder to find, eh? <laughs> they are, and so I guess we're just going to have to start making them. We'll just start making stuff up. It's going to be an uh, entertaining few months. <laughs> fine old American tradition, just making stuff up. Excellent. <laughs> Um, yeah, I don't know if we can do that. So we might have to pull some guests on. Um, I know on the 15th, we have uh, author Mike Dover. Uh, he was on the show a couple of years ago. He's coming back on to hawk uh, a new book, da- uh, Dante's Infinite Monkeys. Um, we've been talking about getting, we were talking about getting Marty Weintraub on, talking about getting Rand Fishkin on, we're talking about getting lots of people on. We might actually have to get around to it. <laughs> Yeah, I know. I have been in uh, in chats with Marty. We're just sorting down the date, so that'll be uh, that'll be coming up in the next few weeks. Um, and I also want to have on uh, coming up here soon, and it's confirmed, but we just need to pick a time. Uh, but he's excited to come on. Is uh, your friend and uh, mine, Mister Eric Eng? Uh, oh, on. Coming have on Eric again because he's, he's been, excellent. They they've been doing just a whack of studies lately, and I was just like, okay, you know what, I. I like, it's great to have unique guests, but he keeps pumping out awesome studies. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, our listeners need to know this. And we, we've actually we got him on this whole university cycle. Like every eight months, we get him to come on and talk about the most recent course he's completed. <laughs> um, so every eight months, Eric's good for, like, you know, another excellent interview. <laughs> Guaranteed. Indeed. Last time it was machine learning. Now we'll, uh, now we'll have to pick something else. Well, you know, speaking of machine learning, uh, thank, thanks for the uh, for the uh, uh, segue. Um, it was written up in uh, Search Engine Roundtable. Come, came from a uh, Google Hangout with John Mueller that um, Google algorithms, and you know, Google has different algorithms to do different functions of of the search engine, and then I guess you know all the results get compiled and run through yet another algorithm, and that's the search results that you see. Yeah. So Google algos um, they share useful data with each other. So it's not like you have, um, and, and I'm, uh, I'm, I'm, other SEOs might disagree with me, but I'm pretty sure in the old days you, you we actually had several functions running independently of each other. Now, um, now the algos all share information. So, um, say a website is has so oh, I don't know had a penalty against it. Um, <laughs> One one part of what we'll talk about that in a few minutes. Uh, one part of Google's algorithm will, uh, or one of Google's algorithms will will have penalized the website and pass that information on to say the um, algorithm that controls indexing and crawling, 
and it'll suddenly scale back the amount of crawling that's done. Mm-hmm. Now, to SEOs and to, especially especially to younger SEOs, this might just seem like you know matter of course, like well, duh, of course it does this. But again, there was a time when these functions um, would be operating again independently of each other, and uh, first time I've ever seen it noted from a Google employee, especially from a Google employee like John Mueller, that uh, that the algos, in fact, do communicate with each other. Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting announcement, um, you know, on their part. And we all sort of, at least myself anyway, kind of figured they had to, in a, in a way, um, sort of share data, right? Like, but I think, if, if I'm understanding what he's saying correctly here, I'd always sort of taken it as, and, and this is historic me because it was the way it was, that, yeah, one part of the algorithm or one algorithm would come up with a conclusion and then feed that data across, right? Like, does it have a penalty? Okay, factor in, you know, X, Y, and Z, and then push that data out to different algorithms that are meant to handle different things. Um, now, I think what we're seeing here, and, and you know, you called the segue because we're dealing with machine learning now is a much more elaborate system where, and this is my guess here, what he's talking about is a much more quick back and forth, right? But where the, the algorithms are actually communicating with each other um, to assess different, different factors rather than just going, Oh, you know, one algorithm going, okay, I'm going to trust whatever this one tells me mm-hmm. um, able to sort of extrapolate based on information back and forth between the two algorithms um, you know, what's going on and, and have sort of algorithm A feeding data to B and then B taking that in, feeding signals back to A so that both can be recalculating as they go along. And, you know, you can put that out to, you know, endless numbers of, of different algorithms that will be running at a time. Uh, the thing I find interesting about it, and I've got a, a client in um, the microservices space, and it immediately made sense because I'm, I'm so integrated in microservices right now and understanding how they work, um, is that, you know, yeah, having all these different pieces that are meant to work together, but each one operating independently, so you can push changes to one without, um, you know, no, impacting the yeah. other. Yeah, and then if one fails, okay, that one fails, but the rest of the system functions. You know, that sort of thing. Um, you know, I, I think that's, you know, what what we're talking about here. Side note, I'm just going to say because this is just totally a, a fun aside, and now I'm talking about microservices, so I'm just going to go. Here was a funny thing that I found out. Um, microservices for the, for the most part is, is built on, you know, containers, um, where each thing is built. One of the core structures for, or one of the core technologies for those containers was built by some folks at Google called Kubernetes. I, I may be slightly mispronouncing it cause I've heard a few different pronunciations, Kubernetes, Kubernetes. Um, it was actually originally those, this, this system was originally called project seven and it was after, um, Star Trek, right? Like seven, seven of nine. Um, and <laughs> Kubernetes is because of cubes. And they're actually, that helped me. As soon as I read it, and if anybody is in microservices, if you're having a hard time wrapping your brain around it, these are Borg cubes. Each one operates independently, and then there's a hive connecting them all together. As soon as I realized that, I was like, okay, these guys are super nerds. <laughs> but it actually makes sense if you have to wrap your brain around it. And I think the algorithm is is working very, very similar, right? Google would be you know, sort of the, the queen Borg, right? And then, you know, beyond that, you have all these cubes out there trying to figure out what they're doing and collecting information and assimilating that information and then communicating with each other to make a, a solid whole. Wow. Um, you know, that 
cue Borg joke here. Um, that's <laughs> somehow trying to get resistance is futile, but it didn't work. That's that's amazing. It's a great analogy, though. I think that's I think that's a really useful analogy. And you know, it may run through some of your heads. Uh, why do I? What do I care? What do I need to know this for? Um, part of our job, and I know a huge part of our job, is troubleshooting and trying to figure out if I see this evidence and like these things happened. Um, how do I sort of like reverse this process in my mind to, you know, figure out what what happened or why it happened or, or more importantly, what I got to do to deal with what just happened? Yeah. So that, that's the reason you need to know this stuff. And you know, speaking of stuff that happened, you wonder what happened to me? And this is kind of embarrassing, but like, you know, full disclosure and all that sort of stuff, eh? Yeah. I think I know where you're going. Uh, it's, and I, it's, it's, it's never happened to me before and, and and this isn't my fault either so just, i want to get that caveat in that this, is, this is a cleanup thing but um i've got you know, you, you know you get that like you can have like a whole bunch of really great contracts on the go at any given time but you got that one that just has a curse attached to it <laughs> I, I think every agency's had that scenario where you're just scratching yeah, your head going at what is going wrong yeah, there's always one client that, no matter what, they got hit with a bad luck stick or something. I don't know. But um, I've got this one that, I guess, um, six to eight months ago, they hired a, uh, a developer, and the developer made a really sexy, new, spanky, wonderful website that was chock full of problems. And uh, <laughs> Again, something I think every agency can understand. This one gets me because... Uh, about a week and a half, two weeks ago, I saw something that really should have triggered this. And it's just coincidental that it happened this week. But I got a manual penalty notice in uh, in Search Console, but in formerly Webmaster Tools. I mean, oh my god, I got like a manual... I'm, I, I'm, Dave, I'm so white hat that I just look at websites and don't actually work on them. <laughs> I just wish them into ranking, you know, and uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, I got like I got uh, one of my clients got penalized, and so like a couple of weeks ago, I'm looking at the SERPs, and uh, what this was was it was over um, bad markup language, and the markup was like producing um, stars that were meant to emulate Google review stars, mm-hmm. and you know, little note said. Uh, uh, four point two rated four point two out of five based on um, X number of eleven reviews. Well, if you search for the same client in Google Local, you'd still see the little stars came up with the schema markup language on whatever page or uh, snippet came up uh, in the search results. But in Google Local, you'd see the uh, actual review based on uh, Google's reviews um, three point eight based on twenty two reviews, and so Google was being actively contradicted in its own search result pages mm-hmm. and uh, that's what they were pissed about and i saw that a few weeks ago and then it, it triggered i was like oh wow that's kind of weird i wonder what google thinks of that <laughs> so there you go friends um that can they're obviously on the lookout for uh um i don't know lying <laughs> and yeah they, they got me on that so that you bring up a really really good point there because i think there's a lot of people who you know especially legacy 
um, scenarios where you were going for the stars, like we all sort of chased after those, right? Especially on review pages where we were doing reviews and you were pulling in data that may have been accurate at that time. Yeah. Right? Like they may have been not lying, right? Like oh, when oh, they put that in there, I'm sure it was accurate because who absolutely. picks 4.2? Um, you're going to have a static system. You got to update it. Yeah, all the time. you got to sit on top of that thing, or you got to get some dynamic system that's fed that's fed by Google itself. Well, and you know what? That I I think, and we're probably both in agreement here. That's way easier. Like, yeah, it might take some develop. Like, you might have to call your developer to get it done. But you know, if I'm thinking about the going and checking every single place that this review might be, especially if you're you know dealing with product sales or something. Um, you know, and making sure and checking every day and updating every time there's a new review. Yeah, you know what? Let's just uh, just just get that dynamically done. <laughs> uh, if, if, if if you are going to put um, and then, let me tell you, these stars were actually quite useful when you saw them appear in Google search results. Mm -hmm. They attracted the eye. They gave um, credibility and veracity to the website. Like you, you trusted you, you trust these guys because they got four point two stars out of five, right? Yeah. If you're going to be using a system like that, you also have to point out where the review came from, or Google will potentially burn you. Yeah. Now, as we all know, with manual reviews, the the, the the problem's been taken care of. The bad markup language is 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 off of every page on in the website, and the reinclusion request has gone in. But this might take a few weeks. <laughs> he says, crossing his fingers and toes, because <laughs> um, it might actually take a few months. So be real careful about, about uh, you know, just stupid things. And I, I, I can't tell you how dumb I feel. Uh, here, you know what it is? You know what I think the moral of the story is? If your stomach tells you something might be hinky and you're responsible for it, check it immediately, no matter what your schedule says, because I'd rather have lost 15 minutes six weeks ago than the six weeks I'm going to lose now. Right. Yeah, and that's, you know, hindsight, right, as always. I, and I think, every, like, we can all, you know, I'm not going to jump on any bandwagons and, and beat you up on this because I think everybody's been there. I've been there. You've been there, right, where, especially with a new site launch, there were a million things, and then you end up going, oh, I can't believe I missed that. Well, you didn't miss that because there were 85 other problems you were oh, looking indeed, at. Indeed, may I call, but the only thing that bugs me about it is I did see something, like, when I was looking at search results, and it, something clicked in my mind, and I had to go do something you know right it's probably yeah. after work hours i'm um, oh my god what am i doing working at this hour that sort of stuff <laughs> so <laughs> again something every agency owner can pretty much uh <laughs> sympathize oh, with yeah it's like eight in the evening i've just done the books i want to go you know i want to stop working <laughs> um till tomorrow anyway but yeah, so there's there's a uh, there's that to look at. I also think every webmaster, especially webmasters with the privilege of a radio show, should be very honest about their shit. So there you go. Yeah, indeed. Okay, we got time for one more, just a, a quick one before uh, before we gotta take a break. What do you want here? Um, well, I guess we're gonna have time for after as well, but something to for for our listeners because I know we do only have a couple minutes left, so this should be quick and easy. Um, if you head over to Search Engine Journal, there's an article. It's from May 9th, so you might have to dig back a little bit, but it's quite interesting. Um, Google is introducing a buy button into the beta program. Now, this, the, this is beta for AdWords, um, but basically allowing you to buy through the Google system directly. 
um, which is a fairly trusted system, you know, sort of globally. Uh, to me, what I find interesting, A, I mean, this is going to be great for, for AdWords advertisers who buy and sell their products through the system. I like that's that can be helpful, if nothing else, as a, as a trust mark, because I may not trust your site because I don't know you. But right now I know Google trusts you. And so, you know, take that for what it's will, but the average user is going gonna, is gonna to trust that a lot more. Um, what I find also interesting about it is it seems to me, and I might be wrong here, but it seems to me a sort of direct um, sort of attack on... Um, on Amazon, because we've historically, and that's one of the problems Google's facing, historically gone to Amazon when we're looking to buy, right? Like a lot of users yep. do. I'm one of them. I'm a prime member. <laughs> you research a hell out of it on Google, and you buy it on Amazon. And I buy it on Amazon. Now, if they're providing that buy now button, um, you know, they're still going to have to be price, you know, competitive. And, hey, they're going to have to come up with something like Prime. Um, but... You know, I, I think this is a, a direct attack over on um, on Amazon, which, you know, that I, uh, of course, have to find interesting. Oh, you're totally right. Of course it is. Google, Google has to defend that space against Amazon or at least try to claim a section of it, you know. Yeah. Um, what I find interesting is how this and, uh, like, instant answers and uh, snippets and such um, – how Google is sort of changing our reporting metrics in the industry, be it SEO or PPC. Mm -hmm. If I can buy now, I don't got to go to your landing page. Um, all the metrics we use about, um, you know, driven visitors are gone because you don't got visitors, but you do got sales. Yeah. And won't that be, I mean, you bring up a good point. I hadn't actually thought of it, but won't that make for interesting metrics? Because when I'm looking in my analytics for my conversions, <laughs> I may not see them. Indeed. <laughs> there may be conversions I'm not seeing. I'm not sure there's going to be push. And we can get into some stories about that where they're integrating these things in, uh, which was also announced where we're, we'll be getting a much more elaborate analytics uh, you know, across different platforms. But we'll talk about that uh, uh, maybe in the third segment or something. Maybe. we got a couple of interviews coming up in the second segment. We're going to be back in the third segment. But before we get to anywhere else, we got to take a break here on Webcology on Cranberry.fm. So on behalf of Dave Davies from BSOC Internet Marketing, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media. You're listening to Webcology on Cranberry.fm on the 1st of June 2017. Back after these messages. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. How much are your best ideas worth? PriorThings.com gives you an added layer of protection for all of your intellectual property, ideas, and creative things. New business idea, pitch deck, PowerPoint presentation, song lyrics, source code, killer blog posts. We help you protect it all. How do we do it? We use the same technology platform that secures transactions for Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies. Learn more at PriorThings.com. Check out exclusive listener pricing for Cranberry Radio listeners by going to bit.ly slash Founders Circle. Do you look at the task of ranking your site at the top of the search engines like you would climbing the top of Mount Everest? It doesn't have to be. TopSEOs.com knows how hard that climb can be, and they can make top ranking a reality. Top SEOs send you to only the right search vendors and agencies that they know will work for you. Since 2002, TopSEOs.com has reviewed and researched the best search engine marketing agencies and solutions providers. Don't risk the cost of falling off the proverbial peak of search 
rankings. Let top SEOs give you peace of mind. TopSEOs.com, the independent authority on search vendors. Looking for a better way to get more traffic and interaction to your Facebook page? Imagine Facebook interactivity on your page like you've never seen. Introducing your new Facebook marketing fix, So Social, the new and revolutionary way to easily manage and automate your Facebook contest and sweepstakes. Create a fun, easy-to-win contest by writing a simple Facebook post. Watch your post go more viral and generate loads of interaction. Track your traffic and generate email lists with ease. So Social is mobile-friendly and complies with Facebook terms of service. Let So Social give your Facebook page some flash today. Zoom over to zosocial.com. Synergize your search engine education from 101 to rock star level only on Cranberry Radio. Cranberry.fm. Webcology takes you to the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Davies. Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's the 1st of June, 2017. And uh, this is Jim Hedger from Digital Always Media, Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. And about a month ago, Dave was uh, in Las Vegas at the conversion conference, um... And he gathered well, about a, a half dozen, maybe maybe uh, ten interviews. Um, we got the last two that we're playing this week. Um, Dave, you spoke to guys, to folks from Engage and Pushfire, yeah. Push crew. And uh, yeah, I did. There, there are some great interviews. I know they're going to run about 20 minutes. And you know what? I start every interview with like a, and what do you do? <laughs> that sort of thing. So they'll tell um, us. They're going to tell us. I'm going to keep us uh, short on time or short in, in this intro here. Uh, Brasco, I know you got them lined up. We're going to be starting with the interview from Engage, moving on to Push Crew. Both really, really interesting. So hope you enjoy. And uh, yeah, talk to you in about 20 minutes. Hey everybody, this is Dave Davies from uh, Conversion Conference 2017. I'm here with LB from Evergage. Now, LB, you have one of the more interesting products, and it's, it's one of the most interesting sessions when I, or uh, booths where I got to go and, and sort of chat about what you do. Um, I'm just going to let you start. What does Evergage do? And then I can get into why I'm excited about it and then get into a whole whack of questions. Yeah, absolutely. Um, thanks, Dave. So Evergage is a full personalization and testing platform. Uh, so what that means is we're collecting deep behavioral data that visitors are doing on your website, and then we're, we're able to start to consume and layer in other sources like DMP data or information living in your CRM to change the experience all in real time to be maximally relevant for your visitors. So, I mean, I think any of our, our regular listeners will know clearly immediately why I'm excited by this, because I love anything to do with, with learning and, and personalization and machine learning and all that sort of stuff. So I, I won't bother getting into, into all that, but let's talk about the power of it and, and what we're actually talking about here. Now, I had the, the benefit of talking to you a little bit about this yesterday. So we're taking a visitor. They've landed at, at your site. Okay, now, now what? Take me through the process of what personalization means on a website. Absolutely. So, you know, there's a few things that we're going to know immediately. So um, we're obviously going to be able to understand geo, where the visitor's coming from, also the referral source. So if this is a, a known visitor that's coming from an email campaign that you may have, you know, sent them there, let's really maintain the continuity of that messaging on site. Um, if they're an anonymous visitor, it's the first time they've landed on the site, they've 
landed organically, then we can immediately start to you know, pick up on anything they're engaging with on the site and then begin to start to enhance the experience for, for them. So I think a lot of our listeners would, would have seen this kind of thing, maybe not the same, but the kind of thing on a limited scale from, say, Amazon or something, where it's, it's tailoring to them a little bit. But what I'm hearing from you is that you're taking it sort of a, a step further and catering on the fly. Now, how do you do that? How do, how do I set up something on, on my site where I can now partition sections of it that will adjust on the fly? How does that even work? Yeah, so we have, um, and that was a great call out for the Amazon example. So Dave, if, if you log into Amazon, your experience and recommendations are very different than say mine. Um, so what we allow uh, marketers to do is kind of give that same experience and power um, you know, to, to a smaller team. Um, but basically, you know, once, once the visitor's on site, um, we're capturing all this information. And like you said, we want to start to you know, take over different pieces of the website, different pieces of real estate. And we have a super easy to use visual editor that sits as an overlay that will allow you to start to manipulate any certain pieces on, on the site and then change them to say, okay, let's make this one based on uh, co-browsing or co-buying algorithm. And then we can begin to test all the different variations against each other until we realize a winner. Now we're at a conversion conference, so I have to ask. It's a lot of, I mean, a, a lot of work for compared to not doing anything. I mean, everything's a lot of work compared to that. Now what? What do I, what do I get? I mean, you've probably done some measurements. How does this sort of sort of activity increase conversions? It probably grows over time as your as your system learns about the visitors. But what do we get? What sort of improvements can we expect if we're running a standard e-commerce site, for example? Yeah, great. So especially when we talk about recommendations. Um, you know, they are going to get smarter as we start to learn, but immediately, if you're not doing anything today, there's going to be a vast improvement. We can start to influence um, different points of conversion, maybe around search um, or exit intent, etc. cetera. Um, but really, depending upon the campaign and the goal that you're looking to run, you can expect anywhere from, you know, 20 to 30% increase in yeah. conversions. Now, we've talked a lot here about, and we keep referencing the system learns. And I know, yep. well, I talked to you about it yesterday, but I'm not going to answer this question for our listeners. How does the system, what do we mean when we're saying the system is learning and that it's getting smarter over time? What is it learning? Yeah, so it, it really depends on what the visitor is doing on site. So we're really starting to understand and read all of the metadata associated with a product detail page. And as the visitor browses more, then we're building up an affinity model starting to understand if they're highly affined to price or color or brand. And then in real time, we can change the experience on, and as well as on any returning visits. So let's start to promote you know, Nike if that visitor's been heavily interested in Nike and shoes. And then let's take in the CRM data. We know that they're a size 10. That's what they previously purchased. So let's not show them a shoe that's sold out in their size. And I think our listeners should note to listeners, really pay attention to that one because the last thing you want to do um, is be showing somebody something that they can't get from you because if they've decided that they want that thing and they can't get it from you, they're going to go somewhere else to get it. So I, I love that's probably my favorite feature actually that I've heard and I've, I've liked a lot of the features. Um, but that's probably my favorite because I think that is a direct, you're about to lose somebody and we can make that not happen. Exactly. Um, sort of side of things. What sort of... I guess, and again, I, I sort of, I think I know the answer to this one. You're modeling around different types of users and you're understanding. We're, we're talking a lot right now about users who are coming back, which is, of course, critical users, or modeling around as a user is taking actions on your site. 
does the system, are there methods in the system and mechanisms in the system to go, okay, we sort of understand that people coming from this demographic who do these first few actions tend to do these next actions after that. So starting to model the site around what other visitors before them may have done, even if you haven't seen that specific visitor before. Exactly. So we're definitely going to use a lot of wisdom of the crowd, um, especially when you start to talk about like geo-based um, recommendations that maybe have to do with, you know, you wouldn't want to show jackets to somebody in Hawaii, but maybe in New York. So if we don't know that much about the visitor, we can still use trending algorithms. So what does everybody like? And then start to you know filter it down and say, okay, let's exclude all the other geos and just only include the geo that the visitor's coming from. So that's a way that we can really start to you know hone in, even if we don't know a lot about the visitor. Now, what what business does this work for? I guess there, there'll be businesses that are great, be it by their traffic volume, conversion volumes, or just by some types of sites it works better for than others. Who are the ideal um, website owners uh, for, you to, for you to contact? Yeah, so there's definitely a kind of a minimum threshold as far as traffic. Um, usually we're seeing that around 10,000 monthly unique visitors. Um, but once you get over that, really the power of the platform is so flexible. I mean, we have uh, large financial institutions, huge retailers, um, as well as B2B and tech, you know, who are focusing on demand generation. So as far as the applications, it's, it's completely flexible and robust. Okay, now, now I'll just ask the, the obvious question and a, a great way to sort of close out an interview. How do people, if, if our listeners can't tell, I'm, I'm excited about this product. So um, how do our listeners get in touch with you? How do they find out a, a bit more about what it does, whether it be a good fit for them? Where do they go? Absolutely. So the best place to start is on Evergage.com. Um, as they interact with the site, you'll notice a ton of personalization. And we call it out. We want to make that very apparent. So we're going to start to see the you know, whole experience changing. And from there, they can request a demo, and, uh, and we'll get that started for them. You know, now now you've, you've got a, a fun thing I'm going to try now as soon as I get back, because I'm going to sit my wife next to me and both <laughs> navigate your site at the same time, but doing whatever we would naturally do just to watch yeah, the, progression. the different experiences that we get. That's wonderful. LB, this is uh, LB from Evergage here at Conversion Conference 2017. LB, thank you so much for the interview. It's been super interesting. I hope a lot of our listeners end up going to your site and visiting it. Um, Enjoy the rest of the show. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing here with LB from Evergage at evergage.com. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you, Dave. Appreciate it. Everybody, this is Dave Davies here at Conversion Conference 2017. I am joined today by Kalpak, and I apologize if I've mispronounced that, and Sai from Push Crew. Now, this is, it's a neat product. I'm going to let you guys talk about it and just sort of tell, I mean, I had the benefit of chatting with you guys yesterday, but what is it? What is it that you guys are doing that would bring you to Conversion Conference? So, uh, we're actually from a parent company that's called Wingify. And uh, we have a pretty established product called VWO uh, that's very well known in the market and it's one of the market leaders uh, in its brand. Uh, Push Crew is a relatively newer baby, it's only a couple of years old. In fact, the technology itself is just two and a half years old and uh, we're already one of the top two players in the market in that. What Push Crew basically does is it enables websites to send push notifications to its regular visitors and re-engage with them or send them uh, content that they would like to see or in case of e-commerce websites send them promotional offers or product information or anything else that you want to. Okay, let's start with the, the most basic question here just to, to, to help our listeners who might not understand. A push notification, a browser push notification. What is that? So let's let's start at the, the elementary level. So I think most of uh, the people listening to this would have a Facebook 
and they would have recently seen that every time they open their browser even if they are on google or on the home page they get the facebook notifications as pop-ups as small rectangular boxes and if it's a windows machine you get it at the bottom right corner if it's a mac you get it at the top right that's basically what a website push notification is and that's what we enable all the websites to do to all their visitors now something just for, for clarification for our for our listeners here um, when we're talking about push notifications we're not talking just on that website we're talking that website a, a website where somebody has said yes I'm willing to get your push notifications can now get those note or send those notifications out to a user who may be on Google again who may be on Amazon who may be elsewhere so what is it I'm trying to do let's let's go e-commerce for a second because a lot of uh, our listeners are e-commerce so I'm an e-commerce site. I'm, let's just go Amazon because everybody kind of knows it, right? Mm -hmm. I'm Amazon and you know I know that Dave likes motherboards. I know that what are you going to do with that information with a push notification? So uh, maybe I found out that Dave likes motherboards and he was surfing for a different brands of motherboards and uh, then at some point he dropped out and he switched on to another website or maybe got distracted. So what I can do is I can create a notification which would maybe give, uh, which would, the title would suggest that there are some discounts we're running on motherboards or uh, there's a limited period offer that, that I can push to him. And Dave need not necessarily be on Amazon to receive that notification. He could be anywhere on the web as long as he has an active internet connection and he's on the browser, he will receive it. Even if the browser is minimized, he'll receive it. So now, for tra like I, this is a conversion conference, so mm -hmm. for tracking. Um, actually, you know what? I'm going to go to tracking after. Let's go for the convenience of a human being who might not want 8,000 push notifications. Like I'm seeing the future where every site uses your service or, or one kind of like it. How do we, what do you guys do to make sure that if you have four sites on this system, that I'm not, and each one is setting up for pushing me out notifications 10 times a day, that I as a human don't have to deal with 40 of these a day. What? What do we do to, to, to sort of make that work and, and optimize the effectiveness of them? So that's actually one of uh, the challenges that we are still brainstorming to try to work around. We want to make this a uh, very marketing friendly, as in we want to make uh, this part a part of marketing a delight for the customers also. And uh, one step that we do towards it is we try to educate all our customers to uh, not push too many notifications in a day. Uh, or maybe in a week also they can limit it to as less as possible because the problem would be they would start getting a lot of unsubscribes from the people who have subscribed to their content. Uh, one more feature that we have inside the product is called an expiring notification where a person who is pushing a notification can send an expiring time on that let's say 24 hours and if within 24 hours their subscriber has not gotten online and has not seen it they will not get it. Okay, so to, to save an environment, and I think I was chatting with Sai yesterday about this, where if I haven't logged in, I've gone to Mexico for a week, and I just have not even logged into my computer, I don't want to show up and have every notification that might have come in. So that, that, that would save us that. What sort of, and again, we're at conversion conference, i got to ask, how do I know what it's done? Are there metrics for the click-through rate on them? Can I see it in my analytics after? Um, so how, how do I know whether it's worked or not? So the dashboard is pretty informative for each and every push that you send out. You can see how many people it has been delivered to, how many people have clicked on it. You can link uh, the UTM parameters of your Google Analytics or any other app with every notification and track the performance uh, over there also. So it gives you a pretty comprehensive picture on how every notification has performed for you. 
Now, what do I do in, in regards to, because I, I like the idea, of course, because it sort of is a little easier for me as a user to engage with than an email, which tended to fill up my inbox, and I, I hate. I actually prefer notifications than I do. Um, so what do we do if I'm an advertiser with you? Like, I'm, I'm using your service. I have an e-commerce site. I can tell in my analytics, and I, and I haven't had a chance to, to look you back into the dashboard that you guys offer, how do I know which ads are working better than others, and can I, and, and are there any metrics on what kind of ads actually do work better than others, and, and can you advise your clients on this will work better? As in, I, I believe you're talking about which push is working better, yeah. performing better? Okay. So, uh, so every push has its own specific landing page URL that you define every time you create the push. So if that URL, if it's an e-commerce website and the products on that URL, you see an increase in the sales, that is one strong indicator of uh, the fact that the push is working really well. And one of our customers, Dr. Axe, actually witnessed that uh, they are a heavy website and they have a huge traffic. So uh, they sent their first push when they had around 200k subscribers. And uh, the comment they gave was that they are not running any offers, but still they got a huge jump in business for that one day that they had sent the push. You know what? There's just so many directions that, that I can that I can sort of wonder about things here. You know, what? I'm going to go with a, a basic one just for our, our users as well, just to make sure that everybody can understand here. What sort of cost is involved? If I have, I mean, I'm sure it's by user, by number of pushes, that sort of thing. So I'm a smaller e-commerce site I have I don't know I'm just going to make up a number 500 products or something like that and 10,000 visitors a month what sort of cost is involved with getting it and what can you expect as far as signups on these, these sort of push notifications how many people generally out of 10,000 would end up going yeah that's a great idea so our very basic plan for pushing to 500 subscribers is absolutely free and uh, when it comes to cost, it's not per push notification. You can send as many push notifications as you want. Uh, the pricing model is uh, based on the number of subscribers that you get to send it to. So it starts from as low as $25. And uh, it can. So the pricing model is structured on the number of subscribers, as I said. So as and when your website keeps collecting more subscribers and as you grow, uh, you keep upgrading. And uh, in terms of the number of features, additional features that you need along with your tool, Again, there are three different tiers. There's a premium tier, there's a business tier, there's an enterprise tier. Everything comes with its own set of additional features and uh, uh, benefits. Now, for say I talked about a, a site with 500 products, and that one might be easy enough to do one-to-one, -one, but mm -hmm. I mentioned earlier, if we had a site like Amazon, right, with millions of products, and I want to push back when a specific product might go on sale, you know, I see Dave's gone to this specific motherboard five times or something like that. Is there something in the system that would allow users or allow the, the sort of site owner to go, yes, and if the person's visited this product a few times, yeah, we want to push that specific product out to them without having to create a notification manually for each, for each one? So um, you will have to create some sort of manual notification because uh, at this point of time we tend to encourage people to sort of do this personal touch more than ever so right now at this point if you're we actually have a customer like amazon we have the british uh, e-commerce uh, uh, company claire's 
it's a, it, it's a huge it's a huge organization it sends out uh, it sells a lot of things like even I have no idea how many things they have on their website right and they, we, they've been with, they've been with us for a while now and they use us especially exactly for the for the use case that you said they use us exactly for the fact that if for instance someone is uh, searching for beauty products over a certain period of time they can trigger they get that data and but we still encourage them to send out the notification by themselves because it, it would give them it would give them more control over the language and the copy that you know they are sending. Uh, we are actually working on an AI-based system that will uh, that will allow people to uh, that will allow the system itself to actually uh, make up their uh, you know make its own notification and send it when it's when it deems appropriate. So this is one of the things that we are doing. Uh, we we actually have. Uh, a head of data science who's actually doing exactly this. His his role is to figure out how we can use the data that we're getting to actually do this better. So um, we we are going there. But this use case that you said it, that's that's uh, that's already doable and people are already doing it on our on our product. So uh, our, our listeners love it, and I actually didn't know it till I was I was just talking with you guys. Um, you can you can get in free for your first bit and actually you can actually try this out with no yeah, no risk. So. How do people get in touch with you guys? It's very simple. Just uh, land on www.pushcrew.com and uh, either sign up for a free account or get in touch with our sales team. There are multiple options to connect with us. If you have any specific queries, you can get in touch with the sales team. Or if you just want to try out the product for your website, you can sign up for a free trial account. Um, so also, Dave, one of the things that, you know, uh, we've also, one of the things that has worked for us and why the product has been so successful and popular in the last year has been because we are product people, right? We've built VW and like scaled it for six years now. It's a pretty popular tool in the conversion optimization market. So um, when people come on to us and like, um, one of the things that people, why should I use you, right? And I have, I have a very simple pitch. I'm like, the best marketers in the world are using us. HubSpot uses us. Lead Pages uses us. Um, uh, conversion Excel, uh, the one of the one of the top most like uh, you know conversion conferences there also uses us. They've been using us for three years now, and there, there's just so many people. Um, uh, I think uh, UNICEF. There's, there's just so many brands who are like. But here's the thing. That my clearest pitch is this: the best marketers in the world use us. Therefore, try us out. Um, what 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 we have seen is that people actually see value in the first month itself. And the people are queuing up to buy after that. So we do. Uh, it's only after that they figure out what is their niche kind of messaging that they want to do. What is the exact strategy they want to follow? And therefore, there are different strategies for different products, right? And it's then that we get it, and we actually do advise them on what they should do. If someone is someone has a smaller uh, e-commerce website, we can show them what Claris has done. Hey, this is what Claris has been doing. Obviously, you can't do what Claris is doing because Claris is way bigger. But you can. You can use their strategy to figure out something of your own, right? So we, we actually have something called a notification consultant who sits down and works with our, you know, our enterprise people and tells them, hey, this is how you can get more value on the product. So uh, we, we actually have, and I, as I said, it's precisely because we know what customers want. We've been building products for years. So we know what customers want. It's precisely why we're able to get the value out to customers. Awesome. Well, for our uh, listeners, that's at pushcrew.com. Yes. Wonderful. I've been chatting with Kalpak and Sai here at Conversion Conference 2017. This is Dave Davies from Beanstalk Internet Marketing. Thank you for joining. Thank you. Thank you. Sit tight and don't move. Webcology will be back after this short break. 
Is your website hacked? Is your website displaying error messages or loading slowly? Even if there are no signs of malicious activity, your site may still be compromised. Websites, like cars, require regular maintenance to perform at their best and not leave you stranded. At Fjord, our website maintenance experts can help you assess which one of our maintenance plans will best support your needs. Visit FjordDigital.com or call 612-877-3840 and get the support and protection your website and business deserve. That's F-J-O-R-G-E Digital.com. Looking for a white-label SEO and social platform for your clients? Think eBrands. Free and unlimited SEO audit reports. eBrands. Premium Facebook apps and welcome page creators. eBrands. Twitter management app, analytics, and mobile site generators. eBrands. Let eBrands manage your search and social media campaigns and give you and your clients access to their white-label dashboard, which have great reports that will wow your clients and deliver great ROI and results. Try eBrands for 30 days. Go to eBrandsWithAZ.com or call 1-866-625-5717. That's eBrandsWithAZ for eBrands. More refreshing talk radio on air and on demand 24-7. Only on Cranberry Radio. Webcology takes you into the deepest and darkest ends of the ecosystem on the internet. Here are the hosts, Jim Hedger and Dave Hey everyone, welcome back to Webcology here on Cranberry.fm. It's um, the 1st of June, 2017, and we only got a few minutes left. We got about, what, five, somewhere between five and seven minutes. Um, Dave, I think this is one that we want to cover quickly. Um, it's in uh, this week's Search Engine Land, and you wrote it. Um, so it was published yesterday at Search Engine Land, Battleground of Entities and Reviews. Given uh, that we're moving into the uh, voice search universe and that um, it's gonna be the mobile search and voice search are a lot more about local, local results are going to be uh, coming up more frequently, and reviews play a heavy role in local search. Timely article. I, I liked to think so. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I was really trying to, I mean, you know, I've, I've talked about entities a whack, um, you know, just because I, I view them as, as so critical. Um, but I was like, you know what, I need to find a way to help people like sort of wrap their brain around this from a context they're already interested in. Okay. And, and so, and and I mean, and absolutely crucial. And then all, all of a sudden, like, and I was trying to rack my brain on that. And then I thought, okay, we're actually seeing it. If you look at the hotel example, we're starting to show, you know, couples, how did they review it? You know, business travelers, how did they review this hotel? Um, And all of this is based on understanding the entity that is that reviewer and the other entity that is that hotel. And how do these things connect together? Okay, so 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 uh, just to make sure that 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 both me and listeners are keeping up with you here. um, An entity could be myself, um, single 50 year old male living in eastern Canada, or it could be you. Um, married, forty-something male, living in Western Canada. Um, so just you know, single and married, totally different um, needs and outlooks on life. Ha <laughs> um, <laughs> um, And uh, 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 we might have our reviews might have different weights. Is that correct? 
Well, that's exactly it. And, and we're starting to see it, but you know, this is, you know, proof of concept time for, for the folks over at Google. Um, what we're going to be seeing coming in, I'm going months here, is the idea of any review um, being weighted the way they are now, where basically when we see a total review score, all is equal. You know, your review is the same as my review is the same as some spammer who has one review, right? Like when they're all weighting in just to these global numbers, um, you know, they may not show in the reviews, but the, the weighting of these things is, is sort of leveling out to take that one step further and go, why is that even what I'm seeing? Like, why is Google not just looking at me and going, okay, you know what? We're just going to give you your final score. Your final score is weighted to people like you who like things like you. Um, you know, and, and in a lot of cases, I would actually, by my taste, depending on what I'm looking at, if I'm looking for a, a pub, you know, I, I want to go out for a beer, actually, and, and this will take some testing on Google's part and some learning from some machines over on their end, would actually find that I have a lot more in common with hipsters than I do with with people necessarily my age group, right? In, in things because I'm from BC, right? Like I like a craft beer. I'm willing to pay a little extra for some really good food, you know, these sorts of things. Um, you know, and, and so now sort of adjusting um, these numbers and not only that, but taking it one step further and actually adjusting the results. Uh, and this is where it got really interesting. Okay. That's all about reviews, but now all of a sudden looking in and going, okay, now we've got these, these sets of reviews. Now let's power that entity based on the reviews and based on that person who, you know, we know they're sitting on their phone. They're searching. Why are we even showing them results where people like them are, are rating this thing a two? Um, you know, might show up great for somebody, you know, else in a, in a different demographic, but it's not going to show up for me. If I'm looking up clothing, great example. All of a sudden, you really should wait reviews from dudes. <laughs> because okay. that's who's going to matter to me. If I'm just looking up a generic like clothing, if I was looking up women's clothing, okay, that'd be different. But if I'm looking up clothing, yes, you should start to weight things that match my demographic a little better because your odds are going to be better um, that that's going to work and, and, and sort of adjust these things and then just adjust the rankings. Well, uh, and, then, and then notice that you're in the married demographic and send all the search results over to your wife. Right, exactly. She's going to be picking. <laughs> so, uh, but one of the things that I covered, and it just makes sense, and I went, this is pie in the sky, I, I'm just spitballing here, um, but I have a hunch we're going to see it, is if I'm showing my manufacturer's numbers, you know, on, on, you know, on all my product listings, and we all do, right? Like everybody, commerce sites show all their data. If Google's connecting all of my, you know, they understand my products, they can now connect those products to reviews on third-party sites. Ah, we know Amazon has this and this product sucks, right? It's rated a one star and everybody, you know, out of like 500 reviews, everybody hates this thing. If all of my products are like that, what yeah. do I think is going to happen to my value as an entity and my overall rankings just overall, um, because they know all of my products are poor. So I'm not seeing this yet, but it's a natural extension of, of what's going on. Well, and that's, and that's where I wanted to go next. We've only got a couple of minutes left. Can you draw any direct correlations to um, review, review quality, um, entity scores, for want of a better word, um, and, uh, and, and rankings? Right now, the first thing that we're seeing, like a sort of proof of concept right now, um, was the hotels. And that's what really made me go, got it. Okay, we've seen it in a bunch of patents before. And, and I mean, you know, I, you know I, I love my patents, especially in the area of entities. So um, we've seen this in a lot of patents and how they're starting, you know, they, they call them influencers. But these are people who are more equal than others. 
<laughs> you know, okay. these are enti- human entities that are more equal than others. So the idea of I review a lot of stuff and it's a lot like yours and, and they do make these ties together in, okay, people who are like you, their influence over you should be high, even if you don't know them yet, right? Their influence over what you're doing. So we've seen it in the patents. This hotel uh, scenario is the first time I've seen it really in the wild in a way that is impacting people's decisions. It's a natural extension that it'll impact search results because that just makes sense. Why would you show me something that you know people like me don't like? But if nothing else, when I start to see those reviews showing up, even if they didn't directly correlate it to um, rankings, eventually it's just going to work itself out because I'm going to see these reviews and start selecting things where the reviews are catered to me. My review scores are changing. So I'm naturally going to be drawn to these entities um, that are that are reviewed higher by my demographic, and I'm going to select them in search, and so they're going to be rewarded in search. But I don't think it's even going to take that natural click-through rate and, and engagement. I have a hunch we're just going to see it directly impacting results, and I, I'm going to give it months. I can just see the Craigslist ads now. Wanted. <laughs> um, it, several different Craigslist ads based on specific demographics for, like, you know, one click. Five dollars for one click if you meet this criteria. Well, and one of the things that I think is great about this, and one of the reasons I'm just like, okay, Google's going to nail this, um, is what it's going to force people to do is stop trying to appeal to all people because the review from somebody who's not in your target demographic isn't going to carry that much weight. So if your target demographic is hipsters, right, then cater to them, be awesome to them, and, and, and nail that because their review scores are going to impact your entity status more than somebody else um, who may have nothing to do with you and they happen to walk in and they didn't like it. Well, they didn't like it because they're not your target demographic, right? So that makes sense. So I think this also as, as a pleasant byproduct, you can allow business owners to really start looking at who their demographic is and catering to them and, and treating those reviews by them as prizes. Um, cool. as opposed to, to other reviews and, and not worry so much. Still address them, but not worry as much about the reviews from people who weren't your demographic. They accidentally ended up there. Way cool. You know, a few months down the line, we're going to have to take another look at this when we start seeing it in the wild more often. In the meantime, as you can hear, we're getting played out. So, on behalf of Dave Davies from Beatsong Infinite Lodge, this is Jim Hedrick. On the 1st of June, 2017, stick around, Cranberry. More great uh, content coming up on the network. We'll talk to you next week.